For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio, my typical co-host, is on vacation. He's RVing around the country. But we have two very cool guests filling in, Sky Guasco and Bobby Lamarco of Believe's new fantasy podcast, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining me and coming on the show. Happy to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having us, bud. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, so we're going to do a little bit more fantasy focus than we typically do. We're going to talk through some of the Chiefs guys. So my, my first thing for you guys um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think most people would unquestionably say he's the best quarterback in the game. Is he actually, though, the QB1? Or would you go with somebody, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, guys who get more running points? What, what, what do you guys think? I, well, I think he is the unquestionable across the board uh, for fantasy football, but it really depends on your format. I think the only format you could potentially consider him not the number one quarterback, if you want to consider that, would be in four point per passing touchdowns. He's going to get your passing touchdowns. We know that. In the one season in 2018 where he played every game, 16 games, he had over 5,000 yards, as we know, to his MVP and over 50 touchdowns. But Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Dak Prescott, if he comes back healthy, the resurgence of, of, of Joe Burrow and some of these other guys having the rushing upside that Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily have for fantasy purposes could change the game a little bit. And last year, Patrick Mahomes missed a couple of games. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray passed him up. And Lamar Jackson certainly did two years ago when he was healthy as well. So he is, for me, unquestionably ranked the number one quarterback. But you could absolutely make a argument if you want to call it that. But you could have a discussion of him not being number one if you're in a four-point-per-passing touchdown league. Any six-point-per-passing-touchdown league, he's got to be number one, though, because the chances of him leading the NFL in touchdown passes, I'm going to put him up at the top. Bobby, what do you think? You know, it's, it's less about him being the number one quarterback. It's about where he's being drafted versus other quarterbacks. Of course, we talk about this all the time. When you're in a – most leagues are a single quarterback lead, meaning you only start one quarterback in a 12-team league. Right now, today, he's going in the third round. You can get guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts in the eighth round of a draft. So you're essentially passing up top 10 wide receivers, in some cases top 15 running backs to draft Patrick Mahomes in that third round. The question comes, yes – Mahomes is going to be awesome. He is going to be great. But does he give you the true value in the third round versus taking a quarterback five, maybe even six rounds later, who could be a stud like Stafford, Brady, Rodgers, and Hurts? I'd like to jump back in here really quick to uh, Jeff before we move on. I think Bobby brings up a great point. I think the initial question was, is Patrick Mahomes the number one quarterback of fantasy? And I think unequivocally, yes, he is. What Bobby's bringing up, though, is, is he the best value at what you're going to get him? In my opinion, for fantasy football, those are two different conversations, which are very important to 
discuss. Is he number one? Yes. Can he finish number one? Yes. But if you get a guy in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, a guy like Justin Herbert last year wasn't drafted because Terod Taylor was a starter to start the season. Justin Herbert comes out of nowhere, hypothetically in fantasy football, ends up winning people's leagues. That's a much, much better value than having Patrick Mahomes. So it feels good to have Mahomes on your roster, but you may actually be able to get running backs, wide receivers, even his teammate Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill in that position and get a quarterback later on and balance out your team a little better. Great point, guys. So, yeah, like you said, you know, running backs are more the name of the game, more than a quarterback, especially in those one-quarterback leagues. Um, so then, Bobby, you think third round is kind of where you would project Mahomes? Uh, yeah. or, or even where would you go even later? Because, again, the quarterbacks are not the same value in, in kind of real football as they are in fantasy football. So NFC ADP is what we typically use. This is a high stakes league. We're seeing Mahomes go in that third round. And then you see kind of a slight drop off when you get to Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. Those guys are typically falling into the late fourth. So yes, third round for the quarterback position in casual leagues. I mean, listen, we all have been casual leagues. I have friends in my home leagues that we all do this with too. And I typically see him go in the third round because he gives you that security. You know Mahomes is going to bring you that top three value no matter what. Even though he didn't finish last year as the number one quarterback in six point, that was Aaron Rodgers. But we know that Aaron, uh, Mahomes is the that closest thing to a lock for a top three quarterback finish. Very cool, guys. Great stuff there. And now a word from our sponsor. You are into sports betting. Bet online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures or who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds news and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now we're back here on Believe in Chiefs uh, with our special guests, Sky Kowasco and Bobby Lamarco. They're part of Believe's new fantasy podcast, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, guys, what I'm most interested in is what you think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He really flashed last year, but down the stretch wasn't quite as effective. He, he got hurt. Uh, you know, this year, he's, this offseason, he's been saying how he's really been focusing on his hands. Sounds like he's going to be more a, a part of passing game. How do you guys project him? Where would you draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? He had 1,100 yards last year as a rookie, which is obviously quite impressive. About 800 rushing and just under 300 uh, receiving in his 13 games. He's a first-round draft capital. That matters, right? I'm going to let maybe Bobby jump into those numbers. But we just did a recent podcast on uh, our episodes here where draft capital for fantasy football running backs and first-round draft, first NFL draft capital and what that means for fantasy football running backs. And spoiler alert, it gives you a significant advantage in real football and fantasy football as well. So getting picked last pick of the first round just a couple of years ago gets that draft capital pick. He's a three-down back. There's no more Le'Veon Bell. They didn't really replace him, at least not yet. Um, I don't like that he only had five touchdowns last year, but in this offense that is arguably the best offense in the NFL, that number can only go up and hypothetically, you know, can skyrocket, frankly. He could end up with double-digit touchdowns, and I don't think it would surprise anybody, but that would spike him from last year's five. 
He was a top seven pick last year. That was tough, right? Everybody was all in. People were comparing him and Andy Reid's offense to Brian Westbrook, who's a legend in fantasy football. And we had this rookie coming in, kind of going to be Jamal Charles, be you know Kareem Hunt from a couple years ago, be uh, Brian Westbrook. And we saw flashes, but it just straight up didn't happen. So it was kind of burned some people. So those folks, I think, have a bad taste in their mouth. Now, though, you're able to draft him in the middle of the second round. I would love to start a draft with Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, uh, Derek Henry, and then end up getting CEH in the back of the second round or something. For me, that would be a great start to a draft. I think it starts with the offensive line moves you made this offseason with Joe Thune, Orlando Brown, bringing in guys like Austin Blythe is actually a better run blocker than what you guys had. I think it was Reader, Austin Reader last year at center. You know, across the board, this line, even Kyle Long hopefully comes back healthy, gets some time in the preseason. But overall, the, the changes you made up front gives you more excitement for the ground game. But when you look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's last season, it really comes down to touchdowns. Really, he really had one of the poorest touchdown rates that we've seen over the last few years. Actually, he's one of the only few players that had over eight carries inside the five and only converted one for touchdowns. Like, that's unheard of. Usually it's about a 40% conversion rate on those, so his touchdown should have been closer to four or even five with those number of carries inside the five. So when I looked at that over the last two seasons, we've seen guys like Zeke Elliott, Kevin Coleman, Nick Chubb, had seasons under 20% conversion rate in that metric. They bounced back the season. It went from 11% on average to 40%. So right on average. So if he gets back closer to the league average when it comes to carries inside the five, he's automatically going to get you another point or two in points per game because those touchdowns are going to go way up. The other aspect is the second year in an Andy Reid scheme. I did a whole spotlight on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, I got <laughs> so, yeah, man, so I love Clyde. He's a round two pick for me, locked and loaded. But th- what I really like to see is the second year in Andy Reid scheme. So I looked at Deuce Staley, Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and Kareem Hunt. On average, the first season under Andy Reid, they averaged 12.8 points per game and half-point PPR. The second season in Reid's system, 15.9. So that's a three-point jump. Last season, that's right in line with Clyde. He had about just over 12 points per game and half-point PPR. If he makes a similar jump into that 15-point range, he's inside the top 10 in points per game and half-point PPR. So I think he's going to make those jumps, the improvements up front, plus that touchdown progression. I think he's a, he's a lock to be a close to an RB1 this season. Bobby, you know, that's a great point about the, off, the overhaul of the offensive line. So much – talk about that was of course you've got to protect Mahomes better after seeing uh, what happened in the Super Bowl where he was just under siege but a lot of it though was to improve that road zone offense especially that goal line offense they 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 ran a lot of trickery around there which is very cool and sometimes effective but they also had to because they just couldn't they just couldn't run it up up got there so it, it sounds like that might change um you know, a guy who's been kind of – it was an interesting under-the-radar signing um, who has looked good uh, during the offseason practices and very early her in training camp was Jarek McKinnon of the 49ers. <laughs> you know, and he had some big moments, a couple of big fantasy weeks filling in for those injured backs. I know the origin of your name, you guys grew up rooting for uh, the Bay Area teams a little bit. Um, so maybe McKinnon is, you know, maybe a guy to keep – an eye out for not not necessarily a guy you draft by any means what do you guys think of him or maybe along those lines who are some sleepers you guys really like yeah so first of all on Jarek McKinnon uh kind of a sore spot for me I'm a 40, <laughs> I, I'll be I'll be real with you Jeff I'll be real with you Jarek McKinnon you know had a great um undervalued I think career in Minnesota 
mm-hmm. behind Adrian Peterson before he was able to break out on his own. He was a great backup. He was a long-time kind of handcuff in fantasy. One of those guys, like if AP goes down, McKinnon could blow up. And he did a few weeks. We see that with Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison in Minnesota now. I mean, Latavius Murray. We see those backups get the opportunity if the big dog goes down. But he moves over to San Francisco, gets injured, okay, misses a season. Comes back again, gets injured, misses a season. Paid him a lot of money not to play. And, you know, I'm not making it personal, like, on the, on the guy, the individual, but it's, it's frustrating as a fantasy person who sees this three-down back. He can catch the ball. He's a great athlete, but never really made it happen. And, unfortunately, I think the nature of his injuries, lower body injuries are never good for anybody, especially running backs, especially guys that are really um, – they account for their agility, right? Jerick McKinnon has never been a guy that's going to run somebody over but he could run around him. He's a, he's an Alvin Kamara type running back, yeah, right? Where he can I, make it, that's what I was the jet when he was healthy, right? There you go. So he's going to, he's going to make a guy miss, but he's not going to run you over. If that agility is suffering because of his uh, ailments, that's trouble for me. I, I think the other guy to look at in Kansas city, and we'll move on here. The other guy is Daryl Williams. He's been a guy that when called upon for Kansas city over the last couple of years, played very well before Spencer Ware, his career was cut short, unfortunately due to injuries. He was a great guy that was always, right behind uh, that, that top back there in uh, Kansas City. So Daryl Williams is somebody that I would target as a late, late round handcuff maybe. I'm not touching Jarek McKinnon in any circumstance oh, right. for fantasy football. Uh, Bobby, I'll let you dive in quickly to, um, to your sleeper, and I'll, I'll follow up on the other. Uh, and before Bobby goes, just interesting point, all LSU guys you mentioned. Uh, I yeah. like Spencer Ware a lot. They got a good use out of him. Mm-hmm. Daryl Williams and Edwards Lair. The latter two actually played together at LSU. Williams right. kind of mentored Andrew Zilaire. So a lot of LSU. Uh, great backs. And, and Andy, Andy Reid can – I mean, Andy Reid has great backs anyway. But Andy Reid's scheme and what he's able to do can turn a B-plus back into an A-minus real quick. And Daryl Williams is nobody that anybody's targeting. But if somebody were to go down, he can fill in quite well and uh, get that spot for you, though. So he's the guy I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not excited about Jarek McKinnon, unfortunately. Just to touch on high level. This is real quick. Jarek McKinnon, when he had his two big opportunities in Minnesota, they actually used Matt Asiata and Latavius Murray as the main ball carriers, and they kept him in that 1B passing game role. So he's never really been relied on. So if something happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I would expect Williams and McKinnon to kind of split work. Maybe Darrell Williams takes more early downs, and McKinnon takes passing game work. Great points. And then, Bobby, you first. Some not just sleepers on the Chiefs. Who who just for our uh, listeners out there that are just – fantasy players, fans of just the NFL as a whole. Who do you like as kind of your, your sleepers to, to draft this year? Jeff, I need some clarity from you first before I get started in mine. <laughs> Number two wide receiver for the Chiefs. Who do you think it is? Nicole Harmon, do you think Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle? Who do you got right now from what you're hearing as like, who's the leading candidate for number two? That, that is a, a great point that I, I've written about for Forbes.com that's been a talking point in the Chiefs. They're right now thinking that McCall Hardman is going to be that guy. They've been praising kind of what he's done the offseason. He's shown flashes during his first two years, but hasn't really made that next step. Just that he's kind of a straight burner. He doesn't have – his hands can be a little dicey at times. His route running, uh, not, not perfect there either. But I think the money is on him. The interesting thing will be uh, Cornell Powell. They really like a rookie there. He's wearing Watkins' uh, jersey. Um, so that's a great point there too, guys. How do you think this affects the pass catchers without Watkins there? Is that making guys like Hill even more valuable to draft? And, and if so, where? 
Yeah, so when I when I looked at it, I actually did take a look at my analysis about with and without Sammy Watkins. So right. without Sammy Watkins, there was five games last year that Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Harmon all played together. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to look at that too, because some guys miss games with with Watkins. So it really comes down to that Kelsey and Tyree Kill are solidified. They got 18 points per game and half point PPR. Kelsey got even better without Watkins. So I just think that those guys are more solidified in their roles. It was actually Demarcus Robinson who emerged. He actually became the number three. He averaged 8.6 points per game. Now, that's not going to you know, help you win a fantasy league, but he was the one that made the big jump. So that's kind of why I've been taking Demarcus Robinson in like the 20th round as a deep sleeper because Miko Harmon's going inside the top 10 rounds as a late, you know, right in that 9-10 range. And Demarcus Robinson's going like double-digit rounds behind him. So I've been taking just that casual flyer because I've heard some good things about Robinson too. But like you said, Miko Harmon's the one with the exciting talent. If this kid, the light bulb goes off, you know, look out. In, with Patrick Mahomes throwing the football, I think that – guys should be on your radar but it was notable that it was Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey who really solidified more with Watkins out of the lineup I'm just as excited for Miko Hardman and my boy Demarcus Robinson who kind of is always under the radar but when called upon he seems to have one or two games a year where he catches two or three touchdowns and and you're watching like NFL red zone if you're not a Chiefs fan you're not watching like the local broadcast you're watching red zone or highlights you're like Demarcus Rob of all the weapons Demarcus Robinson has like a buck 30 and three touchdowns. What's, what's going on here? But I do, I do want to kind of pump the brakes for fantasy purposes because Michael Hardman comes in and people immediately like, okay, it's the next Tyreek Hill. Nobody is the next Tyreek Hill. Nobody is the next Derrick Henry. These guys are just, they're different. Yeah. And Michael Hardman is special. He's very fast. He's able to make a play with the ball in his hands. Do not think that if Tyreek Hill goes down, Miko Hardman is going to be Tyreek Hill. They're just not going to do that in an offense. He will have bigger numbers, obviously, but Tyreek Hill's special. So just, I say it because a lot of times with fantasy, people get excited, like, oh, he's the next man up. It's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're different players. When Julio Jones goes down, Calvin Ridley is very, very good. Completely different wide receiver, though. So you just got to be careful with that. So I want to pump the brakes a little bit. And we don't need to talk too much about Tyreek and Travis Kelsey because – we know they're bona fide studs in fantasy. I just want to take one second and mention Tyreek Hill first. 2018 and 2020, Tyreek Hill's seasons are almost identical. It's, I just want to read these numbers really quickly. 2018 and 2020, 137 targets, 87 receptions in 2018. 135 targets, 87 receptions in 2020. Uh, 1,400 yards in 2018, 1,300 yards in 2020. He had – a long, his longest reception of the season, each of those years, 75 yards exactly. And he had 12 touchdowns in 2018, 15 last year in 2020. If Tyreek Hill plays at least 15 games, now we have the extra 17. He plays 15 games, you can chart him in for 85, 90 receptions on 140 targets, 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's going to be a top three wide receiver, potentially number two. He's a first round pick. And of course, Travis Kelsey, if you play fantasy football for the last five or six years, He's the new Gronk, right, if you're OG in fantasy football. Top two tight end since 2016. Unbelievable first-round pick. You can make a case he's a top seven pick of all players in fantasy football. Really interesting stuff there, Scott. And, you know, of course, the outlier there is the that 2019 season and why that's an outlier. Well, he'll miss, you know, several games with a shoulder injury. Missed and four. Missed yeah. a few games. So it probably would have been the exact same. And – yeah, great point. People who are talking Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman's talented, too. He was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of real 
Tyreek Hill might be the fastest. He probably is the fastest guy in the NFL, but there's a lot of real fast guys. Marquise Goodwin is an Olympian, but oh, Hill, he's, I mean, he's got more than a 40 inch vertical leap. He's great at tracking the ball. He's got good hands, great leaping ability. This guy is not just a burner. Um, Bobby, give me, I, you know, I'm still, I'm. I, you want the sleepers. So you want them. Sleepers. I got, yeah, yeah, I got them. Save those sleepers. I got you. So one of them, I got an old guy and I got a, a young guy. So, okay. it's, it's, so the first one is Marvin Jones. So Marvin Jones, I think a lot of people, once again, are just completely fading him. They think he's 31 years old. They're like, he's too old. He can't do it. He's on a new team. But all this guy does is continue to produce for fantasy. So Marvin Jones right now today is going at the 129th overall. That's outside the first 10 rounds, which I kind of typically value as a sleeper. This is the important thing about Marvin Jones. He actually is the, probably has the most advanced knowledge of the offense. Daryl Bevel, who's the new OC for the Jaguars, was the OC in Detroit for two seasons with Marvin Jones. In those two seasons with, Mar, uh, with Daryl Bevel, Marvin Jones finished as in 2020, 16th overall wide receiver, 23rd in points per game. In 2019, 27th overall, 17th in points per game. So right in that low-end wide receiver two, upwards to a mid-wide receiver two, He's going as the wide receiver 54 in drafts. So you're going to get a ridiculous value for him. He has the best knowledge of the offense with Daryl Bevel, but also you're just hearing these camp reports. He's connecting relentlessly with Trevor Lawrence. He's already talked about how aggressive Trevor Lawrence is challenging defenses downfield. That fits Marvin Jones. He's also going multiple rounds behind DJ Chark, and I think they're more together. You can get a great value with Marvin Jones in drafts. Sky, who, who do you who like is a, is a real sleeper? I'm going to stick with another wide receiver here. I'm going to go with Michael Gallup, who is buried on the Dallas depth chart. But if this man was on any other team, most likely he's a number two minimum. And I think eventually he has the talent to be a true number one wide receiver. He was wide receiver 29 in fantasy football last year with, uh, with uh, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and uh, Dalton Schultz and Zeke Elliott all dominating as well. When Dak Prescott was healthy, of course, he goes down. In 2019, Gallup was wide receiver 22 overall in PPR and wide receiver 18 in PPR fantasy points per game. Now it's before C.D. Lamb, but in 2019, or in 2020, excuse me, Gallup still had 105 targets, and he had the highest yards per reception on the team, 14.3. So you get those big bomb plays, which we love in fantasy football. Fun fact, Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup all had five receiving touchdowns on the season. I think he's the best wide receiver three outside of maybe Tyler Boyd in the entire NFL, and he's somebody I'm actually looking forward to either having Amari Cooper leave Dallas or having Michael Gallup leave Dallas. Either way, getting a chance to be a true number two uh, because I think C.D. Lamb eventually becomes the number one in Dallas. Bobby, I also – I think I cut you off. You had two guys for me, an old and a young guy. Who's the other sleeper you had for me? Yeah, I know. People want the new hotness, right? So I'm here to help <laughs> you guys out find that young, young stuff. This is actually a much deeper sleeper. It's Terrence Marshall of the Carolina Panthers. So. Oh. Terrence Marshall right now is going as the ADP wide receiver 70 outside the top 180. So he's a very deep player that he's going to start rising up draft boards. Currently, there's a lot of buzz about him taking over the slot role in this offense for Curtis Samuels, competing with David Moore, which if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan or if you know David Moore, he is not a slot receiver. I think Terrence Marshall's got this. But there's something unique about Terrence Marshall that a lot of people should know. He knows this offense from his days at LSU because Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, was his OC back in 2019. So 
So right there, he's not your typical rookie who's not going to understand the offense. He actually has a head start because he knows Joe Brady's offense from his days at LSU. Oh, yeah. The thing I love about – yeah, the thing I love about this offense, so Curtis Samuels vacating 97 targets last year, but overall this offense is vacating 200 targets. So that's a lot of work. That's incorporating guys. And of course, half of those are going to go to CMC because he's back. But that still gives a lot of room for Terrence Marshall to grow with guys like DJ Moore and also Robbie Anderson on there. The one thing I thought was notable, too, last year, Curtis Samuel did not catch touchdowns. He only had five total touchdowns last year, but he still finished as the wide receiver 25. That was actually the third fewest amongst top 25 receivers. So why, did that, why is that important? Well, Terrence Marshall is 6'2 versus a 5'11 Curtis Samuel. And he had 23 touchdown receptions in his final two years at LSU. So if you're telling me that he's going to walk into close to 100 targets, he's a better red zone threat, I think he's pretty likely to get back close to that wide receiver 25 range. And he's going as the wide receiver 70. So I think he's a great sleeper in 2021. Before we wrap up here and you guys uh, tell our listeners where to find you, just real quickly, if you guys could both give me who your top two picks would be uh, in fantasy, top two overall draft picks. So just number one and number two. Correct. Okay. So depending on format, and Bobby, how about this? I'll do uh, I'll do superflex. You do regular. Um, right. Super superflex. It's it's it, I don't think it's a discussion. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey, one or the other. I personally am going to go CMC. I love Mahomes. I love the quarterback, but Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, thirty points per game by a running back is insane. It's irreplaceable when he's healthy. See, it's CMC and and Mahomes. I probably live uh, CMC, but you can't go wrong with Mahomes, obviously, as your first quarterback in super flex leagues. And for standard, you know, regular leagues that you're looking at, just one quarterback. I think this, Jeff, this is the easiest question. I love when you give me the easy ones. CMC (laughs) and Dalvin Cook is like one, two. It's close. There's a huge drop off there, especially because Alvin Kamara would be in consideration. But with the transition at quarterback, the question marks with Michael Thomas hurt, I think it's no brainer. CMC, Dalvin Cook. Awesome, guys. This is great intel for not only Chiefs fans, but just our football fans listening. And, and for those people, uh, tell, tell our listeners where they can find you guys. Well, Jeff, we appreciate us uh, coming on, man. I, I was a little hesitant because I'm like, Chiefs podcast, I'm a Niner guy. I still haven't forgotten 2019. <laughs> but you know what? I tried to be professional. I put that aside. I'm here. I hope everyone got value from us. Really had a great time, man. I hope we come back here real soon. You can find me on Twitter at SkyGuasco, G-U-A-S. CO is my handle. Bobby LaMarco also on Twitter at his name. You can find us on Instagram. We have two different handles, fantasy football underscore TCK pod POD and fantasy football X factor as well. And then you can find the podcast also on the believe podcast network. We're new to the family. So we appreciate you letting us come on and talk to your, your, the chief's kingdom. We're excited about this year because we've been with the believe network for about a month. But, Jeff, we have over 400 episodes dating back to 2018 for fantasy football. Bobby and I are taking it serious. We're in it to win it. We're here every single week. We have five episodes per week from August all the way through the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Come find us. We got everything you need for fantasy football. Once again, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Networks. We also have a YouTube channel at the same handle as well. Well, thanks, guys. And, Scott, you were very professional. No signs of lingering bitterness from us. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it off air, but you know, <laughs> I want to be professional. Sounds good. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.